Welcome to episode 84 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about seven things that I learned from reading the book, Bruchko. Let's dive in. Now, if you know me, you know that I am a book fanatic. I love to read, and I've done so ever since I was a little kid. And one of my favorite types of books to read are missionary biographies. There is something about reading a Christian biography, especially those of missionaries who literally gave themselves up all to pursue Jesus Christ and to share the gospel with other people. And throughout the last several years, I have read a lot of Christian biographies and I've been so deeply encouraged and challenged and edified and convicted in my personal life. And if you have not read good Christian biographies in a a while, I highly encourage you to do so. Well, recently I was listening to the audiobook version of Bruce Olson's book, Bruchko. It's a powerful story of a young Bruce Olson who goes down to Colombia and Venezuela in the mid-1900s to minister to the Motolone Indians. It really is a kind of a crazy story as this young kid is just has this passion to share the truth. And so he goes down to South America, doesn't know, you know, who to meet or what to do. He hears about this tribe called the Motolones, and he has such a deep passion to share the truth of God's word with them. Well, over the course of the book, he goes and he lives with them and he begins to share the gospel. And it was really hard for them to capture this idea of the gospel. Well, I don't want to give it away. But it's an amazing story of what God can do through a person who is willing and surrendered to follow the call of obedience. As I finished the book, I was pondering some of the things that I was thinking through and learning and and was reminded of. And so I just kind of wanted to share seven things that I learned or was reminded of as I was listening and going through this book, Bruchko. Now, these are in no particular order, but I just want to encourage you with these seven thoughts. Number one is this idea of the power and the importance of deep friendship. As Bruce Olson was a part of the Multiloni tribe, he became best friends with one of the one of the young men. And it was really amazing as you began to follow their story through of just the rich friendship that these two men had. Now, even after the Multiloni friend got married, their friendship and their love for one another just continued to deepen as they sharpened one another. And as he came to Christ, they were like truly brothers in the Lord. And it was a fresh reminder to me of how much we, as the body of Christ, need each other. And it's not just in a global sense that is true, but we as individuals really need good, deep friendships. People that we can, you know, really exhort us and challenge us and we can exhort and challenge them. People, as Proverbs says, that we can really sharpen as iron sharpens iron. And the story truly was just a great representation, a beautiful picture of the power and the importance of deep friendship and and how much we need that as Christians. Number two, I also learned that there is a huge difficulty in the translation process, especially into certain languages. Now, it's interesting that the Multilonis didn't have a written language when Bruce Olson was there. So he created a written language so that he can translate the scriptures. But even some of the biblical ideas that we are so familiar with, they were foreign concepts that they had no language for. For example, one of the great stories in the book is this idea of faith. Bruce Olson was trying to articulate what is faith. Now, the Multilonis had no word for the word faith. 
And so he used the word that they would that they knew for tying their hammocks into the rafters. See, they lived in a big common house and they all had hammocks that were tied into the rafters. And since they didn't have a word for faith, Bruce says, well, faith is tying your hammocks into the rafters. And that made sense to them. Now, as someone who is really strong on the biblical word, I kind of bulk at that at some level and go, oh, but that's that's not a word for a word. <laughs> and yet it really is conveying the power and the truth of the word. That's the word that they needed because that's the word they could understand. And so the idea of faith was introduced to this tribe, not by using the word faith because they didn't have that word. The word that they used was something that they understood. And it was just such an interesting reminder that especially in foreign cultures, this translation process from the word of God into a language that the people can understand is really a challenging one in a lot of cases. And as such, it gave me a desire to be praying for those who do translation work in other parts of the world. The third thing I learned through this book is this idea of the sacrifice and joy of giving oneself to missions. See, there's something about hearing Bruce's story as well as other missionary stories about when they're fully given to this idea of missions and sharing the truth of God's word, they're truly, yeah, there is sacrifice and they have to give up a ton for it. And yet in the midst of the sacrifice, there is tremendous joy. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes we are prohibited from actually going somewhere else. And I've heard from a lot of people, well, I I can't go anywhere. It's interesting in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, as Jesus is given his last declaration to his disciples, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, as you begin to look at this verse in context, what is surprising to me is that Jesus actually removes every excuse. He says, start in Jerusalem. And it's literally the place that they were at. And then he says, well, then expand that to to Judea, which was kind of the region. So in our case, it'd be like your city and then your state. Jesus says, hey, start in the city that you're in and then expand that to your state. And then interestingly, he says Samaria, which was kind of the enemy territory. And he expands that further and says, even to the ends of the earth. See, it's not more spiritual to go some to some place in Timbuktu or South America or Africa. We can all be witnesses exactly where we're at. And yet our desire and our willingness should be that that our territory expands and that God allows us the opportunity to not just stay in our little city, but expand that to our state or you know our country and then the world beyond. See, none of us have an excuse not to proclaim the good news. And what Bruce Olson's story in Bruchko really showed me is that there is tremendous sacrifice in sharing the gospel. And he, he gave up a lot to do so. And yet there was tremendous joy in his life as he did. So if I can encourage you, you may not have a missionary opportunity in, in some faraway land, but you do have a missionary opportunity in your backyard. The fourth thing I learned from this book is just a reminder of how few people in my generation and the, the next generation behind me how we're not living for anything beyond ourselves or we're not living for eternity. See, it's interesting that we're all about the now. We're, we're all about ourselves and we're unwilling to give ourselves for a greater purpose. Uh, one of my mentors once said that the reason the missionary world is shrinking, in other words, there are fewer and fewer missionaries going out to proclaim the gospel. The reason that is, is because the next, this generation, my generation and younger, 
See, we're unwilling to give up our TV, our air conditioning, and our ice cream, which goes back to number three, this idea of the sacrifice. See, truly, if we had an ultimate purpose, if we had this grand vision, if we were really living with eternity stamped upon our eyeballs and the desire within our hearts for everyone to know the good news, well, then no sacrifice would be big enough. In fact, we'd be willing to lay all aside to really go anywhere to proclaim the good news. And yet, I was sadly reminded of how few people in this generation are willing to to live beyond themselves or to get out of their own selfishness and to get out of their own little world and live for a bigger and grander purpose. Which then was convicting because the question back upon me was, well, Nathan, are, are you willing to live beyond yourself and beyond your little construct? And I don't know about you, but I do, I do not want to have an excuse that says, well, I have, I have this duty or I have this obligation or I have this selfish whatever that I want to be used by God wherever, whenever, however, to proclaim the grandness of Jesus Christ and his word to the entire world. And my prayer for you is that you would have that similar desire. May we not be ones in this generation who balk at the calling of God. May we be the ones who trailblaze and forerun a new generation of missions and givenness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love what D.L. Moody used to quote. It wasn't his quote, but it's one that he often quoted. He said, the world has yet to see what God can do through one man fully surrendered to him. Oh, I want this generation more than ever to see what God can do through men and women who are willing to lay all aside and live for God's purpose. Oh, what a neat and exciting thought. Well, the fifth thing I was reminded of as I was going through this book was just this idea of God's faithfulness and provision. I was so encouraged by reading Bruce Olson's book. In fact, several times I found myself just laughing out loud at some of just the extremities of what he was going through and yet seeing God's provision all the way through it. In fact, there were several scenes where the, the, there was this climax and conflict and, and just this, this pressure of, oh no, what's going to happen and, and how's this going to work out? And I started laughing, laughing even before the conclusion came. I just said, buddy, don't worry. God is going to provide. And lo and behold, God would. And yet it's interesting that we can quickly see God's faithfulness and his provision and other people's stories. And yet we so quickly forget his faithfulness in our own lives. See, I don't know about you, but I can read a whole bunch of Christian biographies and I'm like, yeah, God is faithful. He is a God of provision. See, he literally looks ahead and says, oh, they're going to need this. And so, you know, he stirs this person months in advance to send money, you know, that'll just going to take several months to arrive at the exact time that the person needs it. See, God is a God of provision. God is a God of faithfulness. And therefore we can trust him because he does not change. He's always faithful, even if we're unfaithful. And I was reminded afresh, and I was so deeply encouraged to the point of laughter even, of just how much I need to recognize in my own personal life that God is faithful, that he is a God who will provide. Just watch what God's going to do. So the next time you're in the middle of difficulty, the next time you're in the middle of a hardship, the next time that the circumstances just don't make sense, just Have a little smirk and just say, God, I trust you. God, you are faithful. God, you are a God of provision. And I'm just excited to see how you're going to move and act and respond in the middle of my circumstance. 
Wouldn't it be neat if all of our lives were just a grand testimony of God's faithfulness? See, whether or not a biography is ever written about us, and truth be told, most, most of us probably don't want one. But yet, regardless of whether something is ever written down, wouldn't it be phenomenal if people could look at your life or my life and they would just see the fingerprint of God in our lives, that they would just see God's faithfulness. And as Ian Thomas says, the only explanation for our life would be Jesus Christ. A sixth thing that I learned while going through this book is this idea of the butterfly effect. Not sure if you ever heard the terminology, and it's probably a cheesy, you know, worldly kind of a term, but it's this idea that something affects other things. Perhaps one of the best illustrations I know is this idea of William Wilberforce spending his entire life going after the slave trade in England. And it's amazing as you as you look at all that William Wilberforce did to really go after this, hey, we need to free the slaves. And yet you could say, well, why was he doing that? Well, it's because he was greatly influenced by a man by the name of John Newton. Well, who was John Newton? Well, he's actually the man who wrote Amazing Grace. And if you ever study John Newton's life, it's actually an extraordinary story of just this man who was a complete rebel against God, truly a wretch who was saved by God's amazing grace. And yet it wasn't just him. See, someone influenced him and had a mark upon his life. So who influenced and shifted the culture of the slave trade? Well, it was William Wilberforce. Well, but he was influenced by John Newton. Well, but he was influenced by, see, it's this idea of the butterfly effect. And as I was going through this book, Bruchko, I was freshly reminded that the people who poured into Bruce Olson had just as much of an effect in the missionary movement that Bruce Olson had. Had they not poured into Bruce Olson, Bruce Olson wouldn't have been Bruce Olson who went down to the Multiloni Indians. And yet Bruce Olson affected the Multiloni Indians and the Multiloni Indians affected other tribes. And in fact, they influenced the whole country of Venezuela and Colombia. So as you begin to trace this, like God influences this person who then pours into this person, who then pours into this person, who pours into this person, who begins to change culture. That is such an exciting thought. Because regardless of whether you or I see grand effect from our own efforts and what God is doing in and through our lives, we can trust that God is doing something grander and much bigger than we can see with our physical eyes. See, as I am getting into Jesus and I allow him to use me in other people's lives and pour and encourage and be praying for others, well, they in turn are doing the same thing and then they are doing more things and, and who knows, God can turn the world upside down through just a few individuals. All that to say, would you allow God to use you in the life of people around you? Don't just hold back, pour into them. And yes, many of us want to leave a grand legacy, but what if it wasn't about our legacy? What if it was about Jesus and what he was wanting to do and accomplish in and through our lives, regardless of the evidence that we see in the natural realm? Perhaps it is something that you say or the person that you lead to Christ or the person that you disciple that in turn changes another person who then changes the entire world. That's the idea of the butterfly effect. See, I want to be used and spilled and spent for the king and the kingdom, however he chooses. And if that means I go unnoticed and unseen and unknown, well, praise the Lord. I don't need to be seen and noticed and well-known. I merely want to be a tool in his hand for him to do and accomplish his grand purpose, however he desires. And I desire for that for you as well. 
Well, the seventh thing that I was reminded of while reading the book, Bruchko, is kind of what I said at the very beginning. And it's just this idea of the importance of reading Christian biographies. If you haven't made it a habit to continually be going through Christian biographies, I would highly, highly encourage you to do so. Now, if you want to list some of my all-time favorites, you can check out the show notes for this episode. And I have a list of some of my favorites. And I'm in the process of collecting some of my all-time favorite recommended books. I'm going to be putting those online in a little bit better organized fashion. So that's coming up in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, God willing. But know that if you just want to see some of my favorite Christian biographies, just to kind of get you going, well, you can go to the show notes and see an entire list. Now, personally, I read physical books and I read books digitally, as well as I listen to audiobooks. It's just trying to find a way to have time to get through books. And so I have to kind of do a mesh of all of, all of that. But regardless of how you consume the books, I would encourage you to be reading Christian biographies. So again, you can see a list of some of my favorites on the show notes page for this episode. Just go to deeperchristian.com forward slash 84 for episode number 84. Well, with that, if you haven't read the book Bruchko, I would encourage you to do that as well. Now, something I've been doing for almost six years is that every single month I give away free books through my website. So every single month I highlight a particular book. And then at the end of the month, those who have signed up saying, hey, I'm interested in in having that book, I'll randomly select a variety of those people and then I'll send out that book to them. And it's actually a delight for me because being a huge book lover, I just know the importance of reading a good book and having a good book that's highly recommended. So over the last six years, I've given away hundreds and hundreds of books and it's all for my own expense. And it's, it's truly my own delight to be pouring into other people with some of the books that have greatly influenced me. Well, this month, the book that I'm highlighting is the book Bruchko, obviously the one I'm talking about here. So if you're interested and you don't have a copy, I would encourage you to go to the deeperchristian.com website, click on this month's book giveaway. You can find it on the homepage, or you can even see it through the show notes of this episode. And then once you enter your email and your name, you'll be entered in into the giveaway. And at the end of the month, it just randomly selects however many books I'm going to be giving away. And those people will win a free copy of that book. And just know that even if you don't win this month's book giveaway, I do this every single month truly as a delight to serve you and to pour into you, my dear listeners. Well, I hope this was just a fresh reminder of the importance of good Christian books, as well as just the reminder that God is faithful and that we should be willing to give ourselves and to be spilled and spent however he chooses. So thank you, as always, for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. Until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.